0: And I think Logan Thomas is going to be straight (laughs) dickhole. If that's not a Taylor Talk way to end that little uh, talk, then um, I don't know what is. Alex Smith had to go to McKissick and Logan Thomas a while last year because he had no other choice. I mentioned dick twice in the Logan Thomas (laughs) section there, by the way. It's
1: game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so, yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, uh, we just lost our under-20 demographic. It points. was a fizz So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes
0: at the Steelers' tape? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into
1: a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. So I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for
0: ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play
1: well. This is a game my wife and I play at home, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> (laughs) This is the Astro League. It sounds
0: so weird in like an Australian accent.
1: The Astro League.
0: (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) The Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I I just wouldn't do it during the season.
1: G'day, g'day and welcome back to the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Matty C. I am the host of the show, Commissioner of the League and ready to get into the second part of this kickoff to the season 2021 for Astro League Fantasy Football. Through part one, I've had Taylor come through and we've talked about the North Division and the East Division. Go back and find them. You'll find them in the feed that you found this episode, and it will be called part one. Now, some things will need part one because we'll throw back to it a little bit, but there really isn't a huge amount of reasons why you couldn't listen to part two first and get the general sense of what's going on. We're going to do the south and the west, and we're going to kick it off with that in a moment. Let's fire up the Taylor Talk intro and get the big fella back in. (laughs)
0: Taylor Talk Time.
1: All right, we're going to get down to the uh, the bottom of the compass here and talk about the South Division. Struggle Town, Gnomes, Crusaders, and oh, the Vininger Strokes. Well, let's do them in order. We'll save you and the Vininger Strokes to last in this division because. Uh, you know, I think it's best to do them in order of the rankings of the previous season. What do you think? <laughs> we'll kick off with Joel? Yeah, sounds good, mate. All right, mate. Um, look, he's looking to defend this division. What do you think about his draft day and how his team looks now?
0: Yeah, look, it's, it's my division and I'll admit I'm not stoked about it. Um, there's some incredible teams in here. And back-to-back uh, to, back to uh, seasons for me in the toughest division, I'm making the call now. Um, and again, I have Mahomes in my division. Great.
1: <laughs> after Adam had him last year, and wow, we all know how that went.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's get into the Sausage Dogs, eh? Straight into the Sausage Dogs. Great
1: mascot, by the way. Now, this is Jolio yeah. naming his team after a pet, and I mean, I just love the idea of Sausage Dogs being like, you know, the mascot that strikes fear into the heart of your opponent. I love that.
0: Yeah, it is. It's one of the most known teams in the league. He's just sort of stuck with it, and, it, you know, it's a great representation of his team. I guess, and, you know, because he just absolutely destroys us, and apparently a sausage dog does that, so I'll, um, look chub gives me a chub well, let's be honest, um there might be a few different of those jokes in this same section uh, cup with staph infection, boner alert, I, you know, that's kind of weird but, uh <laughs> look, it's hard, it's hard not to uh, I also love Ayuk. i I talked about him, um you know, cause I, I, I see slight downside for, um, for Samuel, for Debo, uh, because I think IU takes that massive step forward this year, whether it's with Lance, whether it's with Gropplo, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would like to be having shares in IU. Uh, I just think he takes a, uh, takes a leap this year. He's that second year wide receiver that I really like. Uh, things I don't like, I'm not sold on Gallup. I don't think he's anywhere near the other two receivers on his team. Uh, Najee's going to be very hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to have him in the I don't like because I really like his running back core um, overall. I just just wanted to point that out that I think he's going to have some games that, let's be honest, after what I've said about Najee, his on game is going to be against me. Let's, we all know that. He's right going right to down. absolutely just pile drive into me. Yeah. Um, and I think Logan Thomas is going to be straight dickhole. <laughs> that's, if that's if that's not a Taylor talk way to end that little uh, talk, then um, I don't know what is.
1: <laughs> it's going to be in a drop. You wait.
0: <laughs> I know he gets an upgraded uh, quarterback. I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate of what might be against me. Uh, but I actually you think know. that's going to work out worse for him because I thought Alex Smith had to go to McKissick and Logan Thomas a lot last year because he had no other choice because he was almost like Cam and his... His arm, you know, represents an dick. <laughs> I mentioned dick twice in the Logan Thomas <laughs> section there, by the way.
1: Well, I think I've found the little, you know, I've been doing this lately where I just pull one part of the conversation out of the entire episode to throw at the very start, right after my very Aussie accented anchor ad before the intro to the show. And I think we've just found it for this one.
0: <laughs> That's so Brilliant, cool. mate. I'm more than happy to be a huge part of that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's essentially you, you saying outrageous things has created that. So that, that's a segment you've made on your own. <laughs> I,
0: I just want to laugh at before we made this pod, you said, oh, I've got some things I want to talk about, players, but I don't want to elaborate too much. And I thought, I am the king of elaboration. <laughs> I I basically bring someone up, say my little bit of the notes, and somehow I end up talking about dickholes.
1: <laughs> and this is why we have you back over and over again. I love it. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, mate. Love this shit.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. I'm going to just wash in a quick mouthful of water there. And then, okay. Uh, Look, so for me, Jolio, he's looking to defend the South. And with Najee, and then the superb value he got on Nick Chubb, he got him in the second round. It's insane. I I hate it. I hated it. I was like,
0: why is this happening to me? Why is this division getting Nick Chubb as late as he did?
1: Yeah. I mean, we spoke about Najee being both. Someone's RB1, but also a first rounder just late last week before the draft come up. And both are true. But what it would make me want to do is just, you know, you get those farts where sometimes you want to just follow through to see if it is a fart or if it's actually got a layer of texture because, you know, Chubb provides such an excellent backbone and it makes you think he actually drafted the other way around. So you might just, you know, test your luck because, I mean, how lucky is that? I mean, fantastic. Coop, uh, sorry, Coop, Cup. Cup and Ayuk have all kinds of potential ceiling. You could definitely do far worse than that bloke. Aaron Rodgers, is that his name? Quarterback? Heard of him, I think. Flex no, I is going to be so him. interesting.
0: Oh, well, apparently, you never know, throws him. a hissy fit like as good as anyone could in the world.
1: Right up there, yeah. Can't uh, skull a beer mate.
0: either. So, sorry, mate. You you, you need a team to skull some beers. You're in deep shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's that, maybe it should be our ranking system. Is how would this team go at sculling beers? Well, um, I'll
0: take David Bacchiari I'll take his offensive one, one, he can one, a one, right one. Yeah.
1: What do you think his flex would be like, Jolio's flex? If it was a beer sculling contest, because he's got Agalor, Gallup, Sanders, Zach Moss, and Betty Snell. Who's who's sculling the beers? Benny Snell, because he
0: can't do anything else.
1: <laughs> if you got a name, like Zach. Moss. It's two one syllables. I reckon you, that's a guy who would probably drink a lot of beer. Single syllables. Benny Snell
0: needs some purpose to be on this earth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, those guys are going to be fighting it out for who you'd recognize if you saw them in a police lineup. I mean, fuck, could you get a weirder bunch of guys? I reckon if you stood all five next to me, I couldn't put their nameplates in front of the right guys. No, I've I, not, mean, I have no. I don't idea. think that's me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, I would have no idea who, if I saw any of them who they were. He's got to pick one
0: no, of them. No he? one could pick him out of a lineup. You know, none of them could probably skull a beer well, as well as uh, as well as well the, you know, the captain of his team, Aaron Rodgers. So, there you go. He's going to get last in our division. I agree. I agree, Matty. See, that's a great call. <laughs>
1: well, Fantasy Pros had him at seven, and I think that's saying one of these guys stands up to be a good flex. The other five guys we've mentioned, Rodgers, the two running backs, the two receivers, are solid with no problems. As soon as there's any tremors and, and bye weeks for him, I think he is going to be in a world of pain because I don't know any of those guys are going to make the big step up. And that would be the thing that would make me go, oh, okay, so seven is kind of, I don't know, that might be the good case scenario. I could also see this thing falling over like a big old house of cards and him finishing 13.
0: See, I, I want to say I like, again, how you have looked at it because in a 16-team league, you really do need depth. And the depth at flex is a huge um, game changer. And this, I'm going to touch on again, the whole running back thing. If you've got a running back in your flex, it gives you that extra flexibility. I know I just use the word flex and flexibility in the same sentence, but it really does because there is no one on our waivers. I know everyone's sitting at home going, Oh, why don't you just pick up this guy off waivers? We don't have waivers. They are absolute filth. Like you basically need a backup of a backup to go down for us to actually pick up someone uh, good or just a complete wide receiver breakout, which to be honest, the wide receiver depth is probably there anyway. So you are right. It isn't just basing it off the starting team. It's what could happen. Like I said, I've done a lot of my projections of, of standings and stuff like that based off basically full health. Um, oh, but yeah. you, again, like you really do need to think about what happens if some of your starters are out. Because how often do you see your players play a full year? It's very rare. Wide receivers, probably a bit more. But how often do you see a a running back outside of Derrick Henry not to suit up for every single game?
1: And just for those at home who are like, yeah, just pick someone up off waivers. Here's our waivers. The wide receivers available. Here we go. Ten of them. Before you get to a running back and guys like Crowder, Deontay Harris, Rashad Higgins. Oh, Taylor's boyfriend, Bashar Perryman's there. Fuck, it's not all death and gloom. Yeah, uh, Lord, Eric that's, Ebron that's, that's, is the first guy sh- who's not a wide receiver. Sh- like, it's bad. I
0: say sh- don't tell the rest of the league about my deep sleeper on <laughs> <under> the waivers, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's roll further down. Adam Humphreys, how do you feel about a piece of him on your team? A bit of John Brown. Now we hit a running back, Marlon Mack. We're about 10 deep before you hit a running back. And how do you feel about Marlon Mack? God, like, so it's it. this is just a context thing for anyone who's not from the core of guys it's, who are in the 16 team league. We've got it's always like one or two pop up a bad. week
0: in our waivers, like one or two where it's like, oh, this guy might actually be playable in a 16 team league or benchable, basically. So he's going to be the top waiver priority this week. It's always yeah. like, you know, like a Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor or something, I have a bit of a twinge. And then basically you're taking Marlon Mack in a timeshare with Naeem Hines. That's your top waiver ad, basically. Like it's. Just absolute feces water. Like, it's just disgusting. You're not really getting anyone good in the 16-team waivers. So, if your guys go down and you don't have anyone really backing them up, you're in in a world of pain in this league. You do need – Mikey Mark said it when he won the league two years ago. You need a lot of luck and you need to set up your team almost assuming that you are going to get injuries. So, you know, you are making some good points here.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So, <laughs> who would have thought I'd be making some good points? It's taken a year and a bit. And there we go. It's finally happened. Now, I could retire. This could well, be a podcast. I,
0: you know, I'm giving you credit, but I'm also giving myself credit because I'm also sort of hinting towards why I think my team's also ended up. To, mm-hmm. So, you can't call me, you know, just not, you know, you can't just give me the humble tag because I am also setting myself up for my own team.
1: Is that what it is? You're going better. You're on second level here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I'm, I'm well, humble to the bone mate you know that
1: you are there's <laughs> if there's one thing we can say about Taylor though he's the best at being modest uh, <laughs>
0: so. you'll you'll see that when I give my uh, projections
1: <laughs> we're charging in that direction I've got Jerry up next the gnomes the very proud gnomes franchise who make the playoffs more often than you think and I reckon he had a classically Jerry style draft being auto drafted all the way what do you think about his team considering he wasn't live yeah look
0: straight away things I like. Aaron a. a Ron Jones. Um I almost took him at five, to be honest, over um Zeke. I talked to you and Marky Mark on the side about it a hundred times. I backflipped. Like I I think I had a shower about, you know, half an hour before the draft. And I was yes. still sitting there going, What do I do? Zeke's the the chalk pick and you know, Aaron Jones. I, I really see him having a phenomenal season and he's more like known, whereas Zeke, you know, from what he did last year, I thought Tony Pollard looked like he was going to take reps of him. But th- this is basically me saying how close I was to taking Jones. Mm, so.
1: No, no lower stakes uh, than with your first pick in a 16-team league, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. In the end, I know we're actually talking about Aaron Jones, not Zeke, but I just wanted to sort of take you through my mind there on draft day, which is what this whole pod's about. Uh so, I so how AJ about Jerry's team,
1: mate? Can I, can I draw you on Jerry's team? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe let's talk about what we're actually talking about. Uh, I think AJ Dillon's going to take some of his groundwork, but because yeah. Jamal Williams is not there, I actually think Aaron Jones can be way better in the passing game this year than he was last year. And that's where I saw his upside being. Uh to be honest, Aaron Rodgers pilfer's boat, is going to pilfer both of them from getting ground uh, touchdowns anyway. That's just how Aaron Rodgers rolls. And I've already talked about in the regular season. He's going to be the Russell Wilson of this year. He's just going to peg it whenever he wants to. He doesn't give a shit if it's first down, one yard out. Um, but I, I, that's actually where I think it might hurt Dylan. Either you can see Dylan actually getting some of those touches, and I think Aaron Jones overall is just going to be a great back because he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game, but he's also still going to be the lead back. Um, so he he just occasionally throws out the hundred and fifty yard rushing game too. That's just what he's like. He's just got yeah. that. He's got that ceiling of a guy that can rush way over hundred yards, and that's why I didn't mind him. Um, Calvin Ridley, my God. Erection alert again. Ron Jeremy, anyone? What? Uh, hey, that's all I've got to say about you. him. Um, <laughs> that's what? all I really hey, need to value. say. value. Da- Dak, is, Dak is good value, I think. I, I yeah. actually think he represented the end of the sort of top tier running. Uh, sorry, quarterbacks. Um, Dak was that guy I looked at at mocks a lot that I would have been happy to take with my fourth round pick on the way back. Uh, instead of say bulking up, flex or, bul- or taking my second wide receiver or something like that. Um, so I thought after that, it sort of drops off. a lot of Dak, I know he's got his health concerns, uh, but it seems like he's going to be fine for week one. And he looks look, great. everyone is a chance of getting injured, so I'd like to project him as healthy. And I think he could easily lead the league in passing yards this year because their defense yep. is still our sandwich.
1: Absolutely, um, I don't even think it's as good as so, a sandwich.
0: After spending a lot of time on things I like because I somehow started talking about Zeke, uh, we'll get into what I don't like. Uh, Trey Sermon as a starter, uh, look, it gives me hope that I can beat this side in my division, put it that way. Uh, a rookie with another player in front of him starting the season. It doesn't fill me With a lot of confidence I've got that guy And I'm actually Very happy I have him <laughs> Yeah Because I really do think He gets most of the work Especially for the first Half of the year And I like to look at that If I've got a flex And a starter Because look Anything can happen You know I like to project health But if Sermon went down You know No one's going to take over uh, Over most of it um, I, I To be honest Most of it Does most of his damage From like A lack of rush attempts Anyway but like the guy can run it to the house from 90 yards out. He, he'll he take 10 to 15 rush attempts. Even if Sermon comes in and takes 10, I don't think it matters. Like I think most it's going to be – again, I'm talking about my team. I'm sorry. But I'm just trying to say why I think Sermon isn't fantastic as a starter from the start of the year because yeah. I think he's clearly going to be behind most of it. Um, Gerald Everett. I didn't really want to have to bring up a late, end, a late tight end because if anything, I think he is value, but I have to see him as a weakness in this team because he's yeah. pro- if he doesn't flash, like, you know, you have to basically get complete upside out of him to get any value for fantasy, uh, especially in a what I think is going to be a little bit more of a run first team in Seattle. Uh, it may turn into a stream fest for him. So that's why I just thought I'd point that out. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that's basically the couple of uh, guys that I wasn't sure about in his
1: team. Yeah, mate, look, with Ridley and Jones at the top, that's a promising start. Then Julio and Deontay Johnson, plus Dak, you know, five rounds, he's looking pretty solid, and then and all kind of slowed up. And going into the season with only Aaron Jones and Trey Sermon, he's got no further depth at running back at all. So, again, he's yep. one of the few teams who's susceptible in a way no one else is, that there's just there's three or four teams who've, Really, as soon as something tremors in his running backs, he's just completely fucked. But guys like Brian Edwards, me, Cole Harmon, and Terrace Marshall as options are interesting and completely unproven. So what I can't tell here is if the grumbling in my guts is because I'm hungry or if it's, there's a hot chance that the contents in my guts is coming up or down and this is just a warning. And I think that is exactly like the fortunes of Jerry's team here. Could be terrific. Might also be licking bootlaces by week four. Um, The website gave him a 10 out of 16, and I think that's probably a bit optimistic, but I don't think there's a lot of chance he finishes in the middle. He's either going to see some of these younger guys pop and he'll he'll find a third running back or it's going to just fall over quick.
0: And that's why I would like to say, and I keep bringing it back to me, it's hard not to when we're talking about my division, but that's where I do see some value from my team over, say a team like his, because I've essentially got his starter, you know, he's got a running back two at his running back two position. I've got the starter in front of him as my flex. So I, I, that's where I feel like, you know, powering through that running back position, I, I can see an edge for a team like mine, as we'll get to eventually. But when you, when you take a guy like that at running back two, you really need to back him up with someone. Like You probably need a flex running back or at least like two sort of almost Hail Marys on your bench so that yeah. if one of them hits or one of them gets an injury in front of him, you can then plug him into your running back spot. So you are right. Like the depth there isn't great at all. And I Ooh. think you even said on the side, isn't it like four? How many teams does it only have two running backs? Like four? I'm sure it's four,
1: and this is the third one we yeah. brought up. You know, so it's that's incredible, extraordinary yeah. amount of teams who have got no depth, and man, I, I don't think I could look at myself in the mirror if I didn't have four running backs on my squad.
0: Absolutely, uh, mate.
1: All right, Tim. Tim, he's the quiet achiever, uh, man, and he he's our 2014 champion, Tim. Tim, uh, I think that was the year before you joined the league. Uh, what do you got to say about the Canberra Crusaders? They've never changed their name either. They've been Canberra Crusaders since day dot.
0: Love me some Crusaders, mate. Part of the Canterbury Crusaders and the Super yeah. Rugby, mate. They're they're the boys. They the most winning team of all time in Super Rugby, just for anyone out there. Just uh, thought I'd throw. Uh look, Mahomes, fuck off, mate. Like, get Mahomes out of my league. I'm so sick of him being in my division. It doesn't matter how what's around him, he's just gonna he'll probably drop a fifty even if you've got a couple of running backs that go shit. Uh, And you don't have that because you made a trade. And to be fair, I didn't hate the trade because it got Alvin Kamara out of my division. But it just put Derek Henry in my face, who's probably going to fend me into a fucking another universe.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) that was
0: brilliant. I really can't wait for that when he plays against me. How the hell do I watch my Titans hoping Derek Henry doesn't nominate? I'm just going to have to take a loss there. Uh, I also like Chase Edmonds, like I've spoken about on the pod. He, I, I think he's uh, being drafted a bit lower than he should be. I think he gets you know around that 800 rushing mark, but gets, he has endless potential in the passing game uh, because he's a far better pass catcher than James Conner. And I think he's also um, going to do more running than he did last year because I think James Conner's a far worse rusher than Kenyon Drake was. So I don't see how there is an upside. The Chase Edmonds from what he did last year, um, and he's got C.D. Lamb. Um yeah. could be a huge breakout. That is, that is just a that could be anything. That's the he that's the problem with him. him being in my division. I would rather look at it and go, I know what this guy's going to be. This guy could be top five wide receiver. Really, honestly, yeah. he could be um, I mean, he at to least top ten, or he could be a bit of a pay. bust. I, I don't know. It feels like there's no in between for C.D. Lamb, so that scares me a bit. Being in my division. Um, again, I think Amari Cooper is unfairly being assumed that CD Lamb's going to have this huge bust out. So <laughs> I, I think they're, they're the values of Amari Cooper, but if you can get CD Lamb, I had CD Lamb, which again, a chance to take him in my draft. I let him pass, but again, I haven't talked about my team. I'll break that down later. Um, but I think he's got the potential to break out massively. Uh, Things I don't like with Tim Tim's side, I think Thielen is ready to decrease his workload, in my opinion. Uh, a Cook-led offense, and Thielen's on the bad side of 30, which most of us are in our league. Yes. Uh, you start to feel those aches in the knees. I know I went for a run yesterday, and all of a sudden, my freaking calf felt like it bursted out of my leg. And basically, all I did was go for a gentle run. So I'm, I'm thinking Thielen might start to feel those. Uh He probably doesn't weigh as much as I do, so probably, you know, he's a bit freer on the upper body, so that might help him. But I just think Thielen's going to – what was it, 14 touchdowns or something he had last year, and he still didn't crack the wide receiver 10? It was – like if he decreases half that, which is still a good year, if he has seven touchdowns, you would probably see that as a decent year for Thielen. Like, I don't know where that puts him at the end, if he couldn't even crack the top 10 with 14 touchdowns. Like It was just an outlier for him. And that's why I don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins has anywhere near the touchdowns he has this year. Um, I think Thielen comes down and Jefferson goes up. But again, it's a cook-led offense, so I'm not a big fan of Thielen. Yeah, so... I've got honestly no other issues. I, I, I actually think he's got a great team. I, I chucked feeling in and I wasn't sure about anything else. Again, you might have some other things because I wasn't looking so much at benches, mm. uh, but his, his starting group is a, is a really good team. Well,
1: the way I sort of looked at it is that, you know, no less than Derek Henry and Patrick Mahomes to anchor your team, then you're probably going to be in good shape, right? I mean, he had to pay third round to get CeeDee Lamb and he took him ahead of Cooper, which I don't love, but I understand it. And I guess paired with Adam Thielen, any other year, you'd look at that and go, well, that's a nice pair of receivers. I don't think Chase Edmonds is a wasted pick either. So, I mean, we're sort of saying similar things about those five. For me, carrying two tight ends here is kind of, I don't know, I think it's a bit of an unnecessary luxury. Fans and Tonian, oh, just take one. Like, like what are you going to do? you Are going to work out who's got the better matchup and, and then be you know, playing a tight end game? I just, uh, I just don't think he needed to have two. Um, so, one of them is a completely wasted pick, in my opinion. But then Mike Williams and that trade where he got Marquez Calloway along with Derrick Henry to send away Alvin Kamara. Um, so Mike Williams and Marquez Calloway are all upside to me because of how little he paid to get both of them. And they might just become, you know, every team that really sort of threatens has these couple of overachievers who just become something fantastic and didn't really cost a lot. Either one of those guys could probably be it. And until we know anything about how those dodgy wide receivers in that tight end situation clear up for Tim Tim, I'd agree we should probably take a cautious approach about how to rank him. And the Fantasy Pro site put him middle of the pack at ninth out of 16. And I think that's probably fair.
0: So my issue with him, look, don't get me wrong, I was happy to see Kamara leave, but yeah, my issue with him getting Callaway is I think Callaway is going to be all front of year. I, I do worry that he's going to actually make an impact in these first few games, especially with our Thomas there, because he looks like the clear best guy. I know you can't always go off preseason, but he does look to me like the best receiver in the wide receiving group. So I could actually see him with Jameis being the starter, actually being quite fantasy relevant, at least for the first few weeks. And then Thomas comes back, people might work out the offense. I can see Callaway fading, and that's fine, I think, for Tim, considering he just got him as that extra piece. I guess he was the worthwhile piece, though, when you're taking Henry you know, and getting rid of Kamara. You probably need something. Uh, but I think he is going to be something for those first few weeks. And if it gets Tim to a great record in the first three or four weeks and you know, destroys us in the process in our division, I think it's going to be completely worth it for him. So it wasn't the greatest sight for me to see because I'd rather see Callaway in my division the second half of the year, which I guess could happen at the end of the year. But he's probably got rid of Callaway by then and it doesn't really matter.
1: No, I can't unpick that. I think that's probably a fair piece of analysis because when else, unless he gets off to a red hot start of the year, when else is Marcus Callaway going to get the chance to to wow anybody when Michael when um Michael Thomas is back in there and wants Smith's definitely got a role. Hey, he's diminutive and weak because he's only like 5'11", 180. But he's also not a Hall of fame because he's not a great player. Straight out of the gate, this
0: team is going to suck donkey balls, saggy, saggy donkey balls. This will
1: be good. I can fill in for your weeks where you just couldn't be bothered.
0: That's exactly what we're talking about
1: here. This is the big moment, though. We've been waiting through an episode and almost a half to get to the Vinegar Strokes. You, you share your opinions very often on the show and talk a lot about things that you like. And here's the real chance to just recap on all the things you've already said about your team. there's <laughs> <And laughs> yeah. the, uh, the couple of things about Mooney and Harris that you haven't spoken about yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's not many players I haven't touched on already from my own team and other segments. But there you go. <laughs> I'll sort of just take you through the the draft process. And yeah, I just want to say overall, it's actually a team that I'm very happy with. I've often left a draft, especially last year. I've talked about my deficiencies already and how I drafted last season and just got so rattled and completely just went skewer from any sort of plan I had. Um, but this year, I was actually quite happy with how it turned out. And I'll just sort of take you through it. And, we've, you know, we've alluded to someone that completely threw the draft out of whack. And, you know, I might as well put his name out there. And it's Buddy Seahorse because he didn't turn up again for the draft. And I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he did with his pre-draft rankings. But somehow he ended up taking two tight ends in the first two rounds. Took Kittle and Waller in his first two picks. And... It's I ordinary. had. I'll just take you through the way I was doing my mocks and sort of. I had a bit of a fork in the road system, right? Right. So, from my second pick at about is it two eleven? I think it is. Uh, two 2- yeah. twelve, two maybe two twelve. Um, twelve. I was basically looking at going. All right, if there's a top end, top three tight end, I'll probably take them. Unless there's a uh, running back I really still like in my tiers that I would take to pair with, I assume, Ezekiel Elliott, which ended up happening. Basically, what happened, and I'd said this to you and Mark, if I get neither of these guys, if I get neither of these situations, I'm going to be really rattled. Well, I'm sitting there staring at Josh Jacobs as the next running back (laughs) and uh, um, no tight end. Well, basically, back down to your Mark Andrews and your TJ Hawkinsons, which is no chance of taking in the second round. So I had to very quickly come up with a different plan And I sort of decided, you know what? I had a plan if I'd taken a tight end um, second round. So what if I move that over to the third round and take a high-end QB and I just basically run everything else the same? So I went, you know what? I've got guys here in the second round at wide receiver like CD Lamb, A.J. Brown, who I think are going to be flashy guys and have massive weeks, blah, blah, blah. But aren't going to have that consistent baseline. I'm going to take Alan Robinson here. Yeah. Because I think he's going to be the most consistent wide receiver possibly in the league, outside of let's say, a Devontae out of Tyreek Hill. So I think he gives me an absolute consistent baseline. He's going to have well over 150 targets in this offense. Uh, Whether that's with Dalton, whether that's with Fields, I don't think it matters. I think they hyper-target him either way. That's just how the way the Bears have always rolled. It's the same coach. I don't see any difference. Uh, fields may offer some sort of upside to this offense. I don't see a downside to Alan Robinson. That's why I took him over these guys. And the reason I did that is because it gave me some flexibility in wide receiver too. So I could say, yeah. you know what, I've got this solid guy. And I'll just say in my other mocks where I went to tight end, I often ended up with Robert Woods in the third because I felt he was the same. He was a solid wide receiver one that I knew was going to get a lot of targets, so I could actually wait a bit on wide receiver two. And this is what I've done here because it's come back around to me. I've got a top three QB, a QB who I actually personally rank as QB one this year. And I thought, you know what? It drops off at QB after this. How about I shift tight end one, uh, sorry, tight end two or three over to what I perceive as QB one and take Kyler Murray here. And I just go with the same plan. And I did. And it's funny how it actually worked out. And mocking, as much as everyone mocked it, sorry to use a bit of a pun, uh, mocked the idea of mocking because everything changes. I was actually able to use a plan that I had done in my mocks. To be fair, it was used on a high, tight end, but I used it on a high QB instead. And I ended up with a team I was really happy with. I ended up with... Alan Robinson is my, you know, hyper-targeted wide receiver one. And that gave me the flexibility to take my next two picks in a different position. And because I knew that running back two was going to be someone I wasn't, you know, completely stoked with anyway, but I wanted some absolute depth there. I went, you know what, I'm going to take the gamble here. That there's going to be a couple of running backs I like uh, coming up that I could put at running back two and flex, End up with Damian Harris, who I've talked up in the preseason as much as anyone. And this was before Sony Michelle got moved. So I right am absolutely stoked. I had about three people on the WebEx actually say, oh, shit, I can't believe you got him in front of me. And then there was a couple other guys like Edmonds. Uh, there was someone else there I liked at running back. And I thought, you know what? I'm probably going to miss out on the flex here, but this is where I maybe take wide receiver too. I think there was like a Robbie Anderson or something I liked to, um, to pair with uh, – Alan Robinson, but once most it dropped to me, who to me was the clear end of that tier, and still yep. a starting running back who I think has a lot of value this year on San Francisco. I smashed him into my flex, so I was completely happy with him as my flex as a running back three. You've already spoke about how a lot of teams have issues at running back. I don't feel like I have that. I've got a, I've got three. I'm very comfortable with, and then I was able to come back around later. And I'll, t- I'll talk you through a bit of a, a mind meld I was going through here because you everyone that's listening to me on the pod knows how high I am on Tyler Higby. And I saw Curtis Samuel sitting there. He was about the fourth wide receiver down on the list when it came back to me. And I thought he would be the perfect guy to pair at wide receiver two-year because I am so much higher on him than his projection is. So that would be the perfect person for me. But I'm also sitting there going, I've got, what, eight picks behind me. There's a Nearly everyone doesn't have a tight end. You know, how easily could someone take Higby? But you know what? I played the game, I played the risk. I went, you know what? I'm more worried that someone takes Samuel here than someone takes Higby. Yeah. So I took Samuel. You know, for some reason everyone's pick took forever and those eight picks, everyone was going down to ten seconds and getting the red lights flashing and I'm sitting there freaking out like someone's gonna take Higby. I also knew that Adam liked Higby and he I had to do a bit of a check before I took Samuel to make sure Adam wasn't behind me, uh, uh. just to make sure because I wanted to you know, I had a good idea of who might like Higby and not. Um so I played that game, ended up with two guys in those two positions I absolutely loved. Like I, once I got Higby, I felt like the draft was over. I, was, I, I had mocked so many times where Higby had gone in the fifth and sixth, and he'd just gone way before where I wanted to take him. And I see him as a, as a true tight, tight end top five opportunity. I really, really love him. And I was so happy to get Samuel because I think he's completely undervalued. And we already talked about the flex I got. Um, look, the guys later on my bench, I was stoked to hear Russell Gage. I think he's got complete upside two. He's never going to be better than Calvin Ridley, but I think, again, Matt Ryan's just going to air the ball out, and he's the clear two, and I think he's going to have some games. So if I get an injury to one of my wide receivers, I haven't even brought up Darnell Mooney. I will Wait say that I'm not stoked of pairing Mooney with Robinson because I don't like the, the Bears sort of stack because it sort of hurts you of needing to play both at the same time. But I felt like Mooney had the clear upside of everyone around him, so I still got him because I can put him on my bench for now. And if something happened to Robinson, I'm fine with Mooney going in because if Mooney, if anything, gets a lift without Robinson there, uh, I could maybe trade Mooney later as a bit of a piece in a trade package. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm happy with either. So with the fact he's on my bench, I'm stoked. I don't mind Kenneth Gainwell that I got as a late running back. I've talked about how much better I think he is than Miles Sanders. I know he's capped a bit by being a rookie and the fact that Boston Scott's there is a pretty decent pass catcher as well. But I just think Kenneth Gainwell is going to have a role in there. Whether I have him on my team by then and need to move him on, I don't know, but he's a decent piece. And, you know, I've talked to the death about having Trey Lance. I will say there was never a mock. There wasn't many mock. Let's say it was five percent where I went as high QB as I did with Kyler Murray. So I never thought that I would need Trey Lance if I went a high-end QB. Yeah, But the fact was, I didn't like anyone else there. When I was sitting there in that spot, I think I took him like third last because then obviously went kicker and defense. There wasn't really any of those high-end upside guys I liked at the time. So I just went, you know what? If I get Trey Lance, he starts week one or he starts in week four. It doesn't really matter because I have Kyler. I don't have the weight on him. You know, if he starts and flashes, he is possibly the biggest trade bait you could ever find. Or if something happens to Kyler, I can then substitute a guy and I'm going to come out on the pod. And Mark's already just hammered me for this. I'm calling Trey Lance once he walks into his starting role. Yeah. He's a top eight QB. That's my spiel.
1: Well, that finishes part two of this uh, series. Come back for part three, where we do the West. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If if you can't come onto a podcast where you're a regular guest and wax lyrical about how happy you were about the way you drafted, then I don't know when you can. So um, I definitely want to make sure you got plenty well, of space look, to do that.
0: I like to talk, and you know, you put me on a segment where I talk about my own team. I've got a chance to sort of touch on everyone else's team. I'm going to break it down and I like to sort of take you behind the scenes of yeah. how, what I was thinking about uh, certain picks and stuff like that. And I just absolutely loved draft day and nothing went anywhere near what my mocks did. And I kind of expected that, but I was just glad I had a bit of a, um, I guess, something like a pivot that I could go to and I was able to use a certain way that I did things with the whole early and early tight end. To my advantage because i basically ran my team exactly the same way i just pivoted from round two to round three
1: well and i think you know not everyone is as uh, scientific about the way they approach these things so i think it is very good folks for folks who who haven't sort of evolved into someone like that to hear what happens inside the head of someone who has evolved into that because oh, i definitely approach drafting the same way where i want to have a couple of plans so i can break glass in case of emergency on any of them depending on what's going on around me and that is a Brilliantly described uh, instance of going, all right, I had what my best case scenario was. It didn't go that way. How do I pivot? Here's what I did to pivot. My, my analysis on your team is probably uh, slightly different from yours. It's, it's not a tailored takedown segment. Um, I'm going to read it as I've scripted. Are you okay with that? It's going to sound like I'm reading a book, but you're you okay oh, with that? Hey, you Oh, yeah. So, look, here's how I wrote it out. So, um, Taylor definitely shares his thoughts often on the show, and we all know that. And while I was giving him a bit of shit for not getting bunches of guys he literally had written poetry for, professing his love to through the preseason, he did go and find quite a bunch of those guys, though. So, Zeke, Kyler, Mooney, Damian Harris, and Curtis Samuel were pretty publicly on the wish list. And, you know, you wound up with all of them, so can't poke too many holes in it. I think sneering A-Rob and Raheem Mostert are probably the key to what makes your team better than others in your division in some parts. Generally, those two weren't part of plans in mock drafts that you talked to me about. But once they were available and you pivoted into them, I just thought they were really good moves. Taylor will tell you about that QB and tight end bait and switch, uh, which you've definitely gone through. It does have the makings of a really crappy Hollywood script that will probably get funded and made into a telly movie. So look out for that. What I thought here, though, is that you've made a really great case, I think, for why you thought it was necessary to have a second quarterback because of what was available at the time you picked. I think this is where the website and I would mark you down to say, that's needless. It's completely needless. And that Vikings defense gave us all diarrhea last year. So when the website gives you an 11 out of 16, I think it's a little harsh. And and maybe 11 is probably a tough number. And Maybe you could swap spots with Jerry. And if you're swapping spots with Jerry, maybe you could swap spots with Tim. And all of a sudden, you could be ninth out of 16. I thought 11 probably harsh, but I, I don't know that with the roster you've got, I would rate you in the top half of the league either.
0: Yeah, and look, that's that's completely fine. There, there's just a lot of pieces of this team that I'm so much happier with than, let's say, I had last year. Yeah, And it didn't take me long to get the team that I wanted last year. Let's be honest, I'm probably still going to be looking at some trades. Uh, but there are just so many guys I'm trade, happy mate. with. To be honest, my first-round pick is probably the only guy I'm worried about beating his ADP. Yeah. And I've, I've talked you about I was you. never sure about Zeke. We'll wait and see. But everyone else, I don't have worry about it at all. I just got a team full of guys I like, and that's that's really all you can leave a draft with. So that's my piece.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, this whole game is so much more fun if you lose with guys who you like because 15 teams are going to lose and one team's going to win. So for the 15 of us who don't win – just have guys you like. And this division, I think you couldn't be in a better division for this because, in terms of that fantasy pros ranking, you've got seventh, ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Like you can throw a blanket across all of you, it's just so wide open.
0: Looking at this division, I thought it looked great. Well, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's it? paired. Like a lot of the guys don't have a lot of weaknesses and starting spots. You've brought up a bit to me about bench and like people backing them up from starters. Oh, I actually think this is the best division. I actually think the starters of this, this group is absolutely phenomenal. So I don't, I don't see it as a seventh to eleventh division, but you're right. You can throw a point. So yeah. that's also what makes a tough division.
1: I don't think the next division's as close. I mean, h- how did you rank the division you're in now, just quick before we dive across to the West?
0: Um, I had Timmy first. I had the Crusaders first. Yep. Uh, I had the Sausage Dogs second, the Gnomes third, and. I was just happy to put myself last. I don't really care about where I project myself because <laughs> I—I actually think they, they obviously projected me as they projected me as last anyway on that thing, didn't
1: they? Yeah, yeah, they had you eleventh.
0: Yeah, so exactly. There's a blanket over us anyway. I'm—I'm I'm more than happy to sit myself last and prove everyone wrong.
1: <laughs> Good as gold, mate.
0: I think Roger's numbers are going to come down a bit. That's a slam dunk for me. To be fair, I think everyone's numbers are going to come down a bit. I'm not
1: fucking around with the fifth, sixth, seventh guy, hoping that they finish fifth, sixth, or seventh.
0: And <laughs> let's put it as Taylor things. Taylor learned today.
1: Let him be someone else's problem. You've come from the West Division. You know what it's like in the West, and and that was a tough division last year. You're saying the South might just be the same again this year. Let's kick off the That's West because. Mate, the, the division over in the West, Space Pirates get to defend it. It's a seahorse, our sheriff. Then Cornhuskers, Ryan's team, came second in their division last year, and they're, they're the second-rated team in this division. Brendan, who had such an awful year last year, wound up third in his division, and he joins Marky Mark, the former champion as well, going for tour. Every team in this division has played in at least one final. It's this pedigree everywhere here. Do you want to start with the top team in the division, the defending champion of the division, Seahorse and the Space Pirates? I can imagine this is going to be an interesting series of takes from
0: you. I had planned to save them for last, but, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to scroll down. Uh, the Wild West. The draft for one particular team lived up to this, the name of the division or the nickname of this division anyway. Space Pirates. Jesus Christ. What the fuck happened there, mate? Uh this threw the draft into an absolute tail spin. i love your tight end stack uh it's it's, it's uh, very brilliant uh it's it's really hurt the rest of the league because it's got everyone scrambling outside of any kelsey and higby owners of course uh wilson uh will also give very efficient touchdown uh, at the start of the year uh like he always does at the start of the year. Uh, I actually don't mind his wide receivers. I know that sounds a little bit stupid, but Claypool and Davis is actually not bad. So, yeah, uh, you had a great kicker and a great defense. Um, <laughs> mate, <laughs> you, you're at the top echelon of that. Man. You know, you what took wrong? the top defense... <laughs> You know, quite early, but, you know, good for you. You're going to get some sacks and you're going to get some interceptions. Don't worry. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, you know it, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, is there any point about going on further? The, the running backs are just horrendous. Like, it's, it's just a nightmare. And it's just, again, to the whole projections thing, I picked Jizzpots to win their division by a mile and their team's projected to get 93. All the on Space Pirates with that draft that they had. Not his fault. It just happened that way. He's projected to get 100. That's how stupid it is. Like and His starting running backs are what, Tevin Coleman and Philip Lindsay? Yeah. Like, uh, Philip Lindsay in a Texans team, God knows what the hell is going to happen there.
1: God, I um,
0: And he's the rushing baseline guy, I believe, and they are not going to rush a lot because they are going to be down 21-0 really quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Tevin Coleman, I, I kind of get the feeling he's going to be the one at the start. But what the hell does that mean? Well, it's going to mix in with Michael Carter and well, Michael P. Ryan and they're, they're all just going to just do some God weird like turd soup bowl or something. Or what the hell are going to work out there? But gonna turd, um, so- um, wow. yeah, That's... turd soup bowl.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: turd soup bowl. I brought out a new uh, new call. It's <laughs> that gonna is be fair. Right? Who, who wants to dip into that one? Whoa. Um. So yeah, not a great outlook. I will. I will give him some optimism though. If he really wants out a good deal for one of those tight ends, oh, he needs to get on the draw. He needs to trade, basically.
1: God, Adam's yeah, got six running back. So it's going to be him, isn't it? <laughs>
0: the problem with yeah, the problem of that is there aren't that many teams that are doing so well at our uh, running back. That's why I mentioned that I liked my team because. The fact that I've got a
1: flex guy
0: there. Yeah, yeah you talked about your team already. Too.
1: Come on, move it along. <laughs> no,
0: no, I'll, I'll, I'll probably touch base on my team a few different times. But
1: um, I know every time you do now, I'm going to yeah, sound a it's, horn. It's,
0: <laughs> I guess it's just going to be if anyone, there's going to be one team that likes the idea of getting either Kidder or a Wallace.
1: So I spoke to him too, and he said, Well, I'll embrace the chaos. Like he, he he's looking yeah. at this like it's actually going to be a bunch of fun to try and, you know, polish the turd. Um, My notes here are, if Seahorse doesn't live in the sea, now is a good time to move there. Tight ends must be in seasonal abundance in Tassie because Waller and Kittle are a tremendous advantage in one position, but the downside is that because those were his first two selections, he has extraordinary deficiency at every other position, not named kicker and tight end. Russ, kind of a saving grace at quarterback. Claypool and Corey Davis, ah, total jumps at wide receiver, but I mean... They're not darlings. Perhaps the sheriff needs to take a year off and get Demoto down to officer and work to regain his prior status. He might be well advised to begin by ceasing the hunt on running backs because they seem to be almost extinct in Tasmania with only Lindsay and Coleman on his roster. The only way is up, but even that looks steep as shit. 16th.
0: See, I, you, you gave him more shit than I did. I, I thought, I did. I thought cool him I told him. during the pod. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I actually that. decided to sort of take a look Because I assume the idea would be That this team's just You know Another fucking turd soup Bowl But I, I decided to actually look at some positives That he yeah. couldn't take And why he might actually be competitive
1: If he can win the league from here I vote And I would put this to the league That we rename the The, the whole trophy and cup after him Because that would be just so oh, I'm,
0: I'm down Even
1: the whole no, team so on the trophy Um all right, so we know that he's got a, a huge hill to climb, but now I, I looked at the top of the hill and because it's Ryan paying for the subscription and, and I think uh, it strokes his ego a little bit, but honestly, his team doesn't look terrible at all. Um, I mean, what we know about Ryan is that in odd years, he just has to submit a team and he makes the playoffs. How did you feel about how his roster wound up?
0: Yeah, look, I don't know about 14-0, and 0, um, but you yeah. know, I definitely uh, I like look at the look of his team. I'll, I'll tell you about what I like now. Uh, Delvin you know, absolutely dominant I don't yep. have to go into that any further uh, Tom Brady is my guy this year Yeah, I think he's incredibly valuable at his ADP uh, best ever finish in fantasy for Brady this season that's my prediction mm-hmm. uh, love me some T Higgins as I've said on this pod earlier many many times the not likes uh, Sutton worries me coming off an ACL I'm a little bit worried I think Judy's the guy there to have now, this makes no sense because I've talked him up on an earlier pod and that seems to be my theme this year. But Swift is starting to worry me at least early in the year with his injury. They've mentioned that even if he starts in week one, it'll be limited. Mm. Uh, and he also stole my Broncos defense. So screw you, Ryan.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, I mean, really, it doesn't matter what happens. Ryan is going to the playoffs, okay? That's what we know. It's an odd year and... If history is any guide, that's it. He was the number one seed the last time we had an odd year. And um, it's just, it, you can set your watch to it. But he still selected some pretty snazzy players. Like, you know, So, as you say, Dalvin and Swift, I mean, Swift, I think on balance, you'd say, that's just a good pick. If you're going to be playing fantasy football for, we assume, 17 weeks, because you, you want to think you can make it to the end. Swift is a good 17-week player, in my opinion, to take in the second round. So, no worries. Jay Robinson as the other backbone to that uh, running back core. Lovely. Brady. I mean, he'll be a great quarterback in all likelihood, but given he just blew out 44 candles, there's a terrific chance he just use all the puff in his lungs to get them blown out, and he might finally be hitting that wall we've been talking about for eight-plus years. <laughs> Higgins and Sutton aren't Strong candidates for wide receiver for me. Pittman, Shepard, uh, Rojo, they're going to provide options. And if any hit, it'll help. But really, for me, the attractive thing outside of his running backs is Mark Andrews because he's a clear step above most tight ends. He's probably not in that top top tier, those three guys who we all think are he's king of hill. But if you had to name it could be him, uh, right? He's
0: all right? Probably he'd tier. But no, you, we, see, I think he you know, we compare everyone to Tyler Higby around here.
1: Oh, mate, is Higby, is he one of these guys who could have four catches for 35 yards, score you 5.5 points, but he could also just as easily get you four catches for 35 yards and three damn touchdowns for 23 and a half points? No, that's a Mark Andrews stat line.
0: And that was with golf, mate. You're getting the upgrade, so it's four for 55 and three
1: (laughs) touchdowns, thank you very much. (laughs) Now, the website's put Ryan as one, and I think it's because he pays the website. (laughs) But...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he... He was he was projected to go 14-0, and 0. so, yeah, there might be a slight upgrade there, but I think he's got a pretty decent team, so, yeah. overall. I'm not going to knock the guy too hard.
1: I think different. his team is better than most, and I'm fine with him, just, let's presumptively say he's in the top quarter of the league. I'm okay with that.
0: Absolutely, mate. Who are we going to do next?
1: Rendox. Oh, this guy's got a strong starting lineup in my mind, too. What say you about his team?
0: Well, I think he, he made my decision on Kyler a bit easier, because... I I basically I know I talked about again we're talking about my team I know that <laughs> it's, sound it's, I'm, I'm horn you oh, you, got oh, me, you, got on a, you got me on a draft day high I had to just bring my team into it every single time but he lovely. made my decision a bit a he took Josh Allen just in front of me um it all it sort of put me into that whole shift tight and the QB situation because they're both sitting there it almost makes it harder. Uh, but when I knew that, that Kyler Murray was the end of that top tier for me, it just made my decision a bit easier. Instead of going like a number one receiver, I looked at maybe going like a Robert Woods or something to pair with, with Alan Robinson. But I'm happy with what I've done now. But Josh Allen, again, he's he's going to be dominant. There's just no way. But that that defense, I already talked about with Stefan Diggs, with Adam's team. It's a status quo for them. There's no way he doesn't just go out and throw as much as he can or just rush in the touchdowns that he doesn't want to give fucking Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. So, it just gives you even more points. So, there's no way Josh Allen isn't a top-five quarterback again. Uh, The trade for Elvin I thought was wonderful. He'll dominate the air again. Uh, and, look, we saw he, he can go and get six touchdowns on the ground if he really My needs help. to. Uh, so, I think Delvin, uh, Delvin, Alvin, is the, is the clear three. Delvin's the clear two. Uh, so, they're pretty close to each other. Um, the Lockett-Jefferson stack at Wire receiver could be very valuable. Uh, I wasn't completely stoked with Jefferson's ADP. But once again, I'm not talking about ADP. I'm just talking about what I see in front of me. And I think Lockett and Jefferson offer up a lot of upside. The will thing, the the one thing I will say is they offer up some downside too. If they uh, don't hit on the same week, uh, there could be some losses coming up because, yeah. let's put it this way, this would be one team I wouldn't be picking to go 14-0 because <laughs> there's going to be at least one or two weeks where both of those guys don't click on the same week and you're not going to like it. Uh, but Jerry Judy is my top Broncos wide receiver, and he's he's flex. So that, it's hard to not like a team like that. Um, I, I see great things to Jerry Judy this year. I think he's the top uh, receiver for the Broncos this year, especially in fantasy. Uh, things I don't like: James White, White, James White as a starter with Newton as the QB seems just fucking gross. Bring that back. Bring back that soup again. Dallas Got It, you know how I feel about pass catchers at the Eagles, especially ones that can't get away from his Ertz problem. Um, Even though Ertz, I don't believe, is going to be relevant himself, he still, for some reason, just seems to pilfer or at least hurt Got It's potential of breaking out as the one by himself. So I don't like either of those. But again, Got It in a 16 team league as the tight end, I don't see it as a huge weakness. I'm just saying I don't like him personally. Um, but it's not a reason why it's going to completely cripple his side because he might still have the occasional breakout week. So
1: yeah, so you know his starting lineup is, I guess, on balance with the rest of the league, fairly strong. Like as you said, Josh Allison. Uh, sorry, Josh Allison. Who's that? God, give me a program. No, we're
0: both struggling. We're both just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in hour three. This is um, when
0: you know it's a raw podcast.
1: <laughs> Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson. That's what I've done there. I've just combined them to Jerry Judy. Tyler Lockett, Alvin Kamara. I mean, they are great starters in this size of league. And having Michael Thomas on the bench will provide a late-season bump too. But the thing I think here is he's gone and traded for something that will cap his upside later in the year by having both Saints stars because they can't both score on the same drive. And I think he'll do well to trade one the moment they both look productive. So whichever one he then wants to shift on, there's going to be a market. Goddard is definitely the sexier part of that Eagles tight end timeshare too. So give him the nod there, fine. Though the volume has been pretty evenly split in the preseason and those two tight end sets look like order of the day in Philae. But for the time being, Fantasy Pros ranked Brendo as 2 of 16. I mean, again, like Ryan, if I've got to pick between those two teams, I don't know which one. It doesn't really matter to me which one you're going to give one or two until they go head to head. And we'll get to see that a couple of times this year. But for me, these two are probably the better rosters in the league, really. And... I don't really mind which one you want to put one or two, but they probably are one and two.
0: Yeah, I agree. But running back, you are just completely screwed. And if you're playing James White as your running back two, you could be in a world of hurt. So I, I, I find it hard to imagine that a team that has that would just straight away be ranked two. Um, that, that, that that was just my point. I I wasn't sure about that, but... You know, I, I agree, though, that his team does look very solid. Whether it was the second best team in the league, I'm not so sure.
1: No, I can understand that. Um, I think when you look at the third team in the league, by the way, this thing was ranked was Adams. And I think they're probably both better than Adams' team. that's, that's was where I'm like, well, it's not necessarily that these two are bulletproof teams. It's that when you compare it to who's under them. Yeah, these guys are probably above that. But I can't believe we got yep. to the 16th team. We're finally here. Marky Mark. Finally well, got there. <laughs> going for tour. Tell me about what you think about his team.
0: Yeah, well, Marky Mark and the Dolphin Panther bunch are going for tour. So, CMC is okay. Uh, Just the best player in fantasy football. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Not a bad start
1: to your team, is it? Terry
0: McLaurin, I'm going back and forth on Terry McLaurin. You know, I love him last year. I talked about his ADP being too high, but, you know, even though his ADP, I think, is too high, I think he's a chance, a very good chance at a full breakout this year. Fitz will hyper target him. Uh, I actually think Randall Cobb is real sneaky for him in our yeah. flex. Like, I'm not stoked with him being his flex, but I just think he's underrated at where he was. Aaron Rodgers asked for him for a reason. You know, he, he's he been asking for Randall Cobb for a while. Fair enough, he's a bit of a seasoned Cobb now, a bit of a seasoned corn Cobb for uh, any Cornhuskers out there. Uh, but I don't think he's – like I just think he's actually going to be solid. Whether Mark needs to keep him there for the whole year, I don't know. But that's what I'm seeing in front of me now. Uh, of course, Sam Darnold, Troopers, Unite. Oh, hey, boys, man. let's get the T-shirts out. We're ready. I saw two touchdowns from him in that preseason game. And that's all I need. Oh will do me. me, need my boy. Javante on his bench is very interesting too. It could give him a very big push in the second half of the year when you actually know his role a bit better. Uh, not like? Uh, look, I have to bring up Jacobs. I've spoke about him already. I Look, as a, as a running back two in this league, Look, it's not bad. It's fine. Yeah. But I've just got a lot of issues with him. I just think he's gonna get pilfered by Ken and Drake in a lot of situations. And I don't think he gets a lot of passing work, which has been the upside that you needed out of him. Um Kenny Golliday, Mark seemed pretty keen on him. I'm yeah, he not did. I I hadn't brought it up with him. I can see why people might be. I'm not. He's got himself a Daniel Jones problem. He, <laughs> I think he makes Daniel Jones better, don't get me wrong but I just don't see how you could project him to be anywhere near what he was with uh, Matt Stafford and before anyone throws anything at me, I know he's got that baked into his ADP he's nowhere near what he was at the Lions last oh, year when fun. he had Matt Stafford but he's also got a lot of people around him that can do some of the things he does and He's already got an injury concern in in preseason. I know I've talked about that. You can always take that, you know, for whatever it is. But I just don't see great signs for Gallaudet this year. I think he's going to flash. But, like, Daniel Jones has the worst touchdown rate out of any of the QBs. He's going to go upstairs and go on the top floor and beat some defensive players for some ridiculously tough catches. But you're also going to have an offense that fumbles the ball a fuckload. They're going to turn it over so much. They're just going to be an offense that just isn't there. Um, They're going to be in a division again where it's probably nine and seven, eight and eight. Um, Sorry, there's an extra game. So nine and eight or (laughs) eight and nine or something that wins it. Um, I I just don't see a fantastic fantasy season for Galladay. And I don't think he's actually worth it at the spot he was going. So I just wanted to sort of point that out because I like to plant my flag on Galladay. He was, it's actually close to being one of the guys I brought up, um, where I thought his ADP was wrong when we did it on the last pod, but um, I didn't, and I just decided to say it now.
1: <laughs> this is a sneaky sixth guy from the last episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is a sneaky sixth guy. I, I, there's just one pick. I'm sure he'd come out and pick. I a lot of my picks. <laughs> I just oh, thought yeah. I, I thought I'd say that. I, I don't rank his team low. It's just that one pick. I'm not. I'm not that sold on.
1: Just mention it now because there's a good chance you'll forget as the season goes on. Or, like I would do, he'll fester on it and he'll bring it up if he beats you.
0: <laughs> well, look, it's, it's, a, you
1: said it's, just a,
0: it's a sitting duck for a water bet. Well, yeah, let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, he takes up. him. He sees value in him. I don't. That's that's the absolute epitome of a bet coming up I'm going
1: to coax you two into doing that As soon as we get off here I'm going to start flinging the poo in our little three-man chat The Donald's Truth is Unite chat And uh, we'll get a bet up between you three So we've got to try Well,
0: we'll let him bets. try and listen to it first, maybe But you can chuck it out there straight away if you want Or no, no, I'm going to go straight to him really. You'll never believe what time I'm no, no, you no, you 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 listening <laughs> You can Go to him you want, mate That's fine yeah, I know that, I'm, yeah. in. I'm so in <laughs> I'm ready to wear water. I'm in warm dog. Who cares?
1: Yeah, who cares? Mate? It's pretty temperate there. So, look, he got McCaffrey at 101, as he should. As he should. And then he watched as the board lit up like complaints email does where, uh, you know, when I say something negative about our, you know, beloved Taylor, that it just lights up because these four names, they're fun to say, but they could truly be brilliant or they could be three of the biggest, you know, expensive mistakes with Goloday, Jacobs and McLaurin because they all bear costs, right? They're all people you've had to invest something really decent in. And if they fail, that's going to hurt. Where then have a look at the other side. He's going the exact opposite. He's just spent on all these, you know, not a lot on all these really unproven rookie guys who no one else has any balls to go after. And what if any of them turn up? Like this is unreal. It gets, it, it just gets crazy when you see, you know, he's got Javante Williams, doesn't even have to start him. Michael Carter, doesn't even have to start him. Jalen Waddle, his own boyfriend, doesn't have to start him. Chaba Hubbard, the handcuffed to McCaffrey but also a rookie, doesn't have to start him. And then even with a few years' experience, Sam Darnold is younger than half of those guys. But do notice that Panthers influence there. That's his NRL allegiance spilling into the NFL while Waddle and and Gasicki, we didn't mention him, but they're the arbitrary dolphins. Mark has to have a few dolphins. Otherwise, I don't know. Is there like a black hole opens up and the whole world gets swallowed up? But good luck, mate, because you'll be sitting on a bunch of stars if some of them turn up. And the website... Is sort of hedging that some of that could happen, and has put him fifth, which would see him return to the playoffs again.
0: Well, how do you see this I whole? I do wonder pan if out? getting CMC puts a lot of people high. Um, that's <laughs> again, that's not me trying to have his team. I actually do do like his team, and I'm a massive team, Donald Drew though. Yeah, um, we are. I really like the I like a lot of the Panthers this year, and I know you're going to say it's just because of Donald, but I just think a lot of them have been ranked too low. I think DJ Moore's too low. I think Robbie Anderson's too low. I think Tarnold is far too low. I think this is the McCaffrey year he too out. low, mate. Should um, be
1: at pick one zero zero. Yeah,
0: McCaffrey's way too low. He way should be like zero point one <laughs> instead of 1.0. Uh, one point zero one. Yeah, he's, he's just far too low, mate. Um, <laughs> he's he's just a genetic freak, that guy. And
1: then in the West have got Seahorse looking like he's got a gap between him and everyone else. And then three teams that I think are really some of the better rosters. How do you rate this division in the West?
0: Yeah, so I've gone, of course, and asked his first. Like, I I do really like his team. I know it's, I don't think I'll see him going 14-0, but I I do think he goes back to the playoffs in his, uh, what is it, an odd year that he... uh, An season. Yep. Money in the bank. Uh, I've got Brendox. So kind of like a hedge like I did in the first division with the tie for third. Uh, sorry, tie for second, but three of them getting it. Yeah. I've gone a tie between Brendox and going for tour. I actually really like both of their teams and they both have different reasons again why I like them. So I think Cornhuskers wins it. These two end up on the same record uh, and then all kinds space pirates. I'm sorry, I have to project it. it was last. It was just a very, very tough draft day for you. I... Don't know how to elaborate on that anymore.
1: This has just been the best fun. I'm glad we did this because I think we're the right two people to do this. Um, yep. Go through the whole lot. And, and I mean, I don't know how this is going to pan out once I get in and actually do some editing on this because I'm going to have to. But <laughs> before we go, I just yeah, wanted to play a quick game a with you. <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't... not a quick game. It never is with us. <laughs> this, this will be a quick game because I don't get a lot of questions to the mailbox. But, man, I got one to the mailbox from at Ferrari Chicken. And it's a big question, and I know that you're the man to answer the big question. Here we go. All right. So, at Ferrari Chicken wants to know, with Dobbins now out, yeah, rub some salt in, mate. Gus is the guy. How high do you rank him now if you're drafting today? And I thought, well, what's the best way to do this? So, I thought, I'll look into this. And as of today, a little earlier today on the Monday after drafting, Dobbins was RB19 before I'm sure it's going to plummet. And that was beneath Darrell Henderson, but above DeAndre Swift. Gus was 33rd. How high are you lifting Gus now? Do you want me to run down the names and you just tell me when to stop where you put Gus in? Or do you want me to start where Gus is and work up and then you tell me where you think I hit a running back who's better than Gus? Which way do you well, want to go? If
0: you want to do it that way, I'll, you can do it that way and then I can have my say on it after if you want
1: it. Because, I mean, okay, so at the moment, DeAndre Swift, you still take him over Gus?
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, at 21, Jacobs over Gus? No. Oh! Miles Sanders over Gus. No, God, no. Wow. Uh, Kareem Hunt over Gus. Kareem Hunt. No way. (laughs) Mike Davis over Gus. That's
0: closer. I would still cite Edwards just because he's in a better rushing offense.
1: Wow. So at the moment, you've penned him to just be really only... You'd move him pretty much to where Dobbins was, but you might just flip Swift over.
0: I would, I would have him as running back 18. No, sorry. Uh, I've sort of got a list here. I'd Go have the other 19. Way, I'd, I'd actually have James Robinson just in front of him. Yeah? Um, yeah, I had Robinson in front Just because I think James Robinson gets the really meaningful touches uh, at the Jags in the receiving game. Uh, because I think that's going to matter a lot more than the rushing work, which I think Hyde's going to take a bit off from last year. But oh, I think he still gets a lot of the receiving work on the third down. So, oh, I th- I still I like James Robinson just nowhere near as what he got from last year. I, I would have – the range I have it as is DeAndre Swift at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson at 18 and then uh,
1: the Gus Edwards
0: at 19.
1: Now, on NFL.com, that's where Dobbins is now. So it's almost a straight swap. Wow.
0: I don't see why he wouldn't be because I, I actually felt like he had his... Look, he, does, he probably wasn't as talented overall as a JK, but I don't see how he doesn't walk straight into that offense as the lead when he was going to be a big part of it anyway. It, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Any. Everyone looked at J.K. in that spot, even though he had Gus Edwards behind him. Who does Gus Edwards have behind him? No Justice one. Hill. Justice Hill. Yep. Or or a crappy free agent like a yeah. girlie or a Lev Bell or whoever the hell they try and bring in. I, I don't know. Like to me, Gus is more clear now than what J.K. Dobbins was before because he had Gus Edwards behind him. So I don't know why you wouldn't at least rank him as the same, if not better. I'm ranking him as the same because I don't want to go too overboard and some guys I still think have more guaranteed work. Well, not guaranteed work. I think Gus has guaranteed work too, but I think there's some guys with some higher upside in the passing game and stuff that I'd put in front of him, especially in a half PPR. Um, If you're playing not PPR at all, I think I would put him in front of Swift. Um, So he would go up a spot or two. Uh, but in half PPR, I'll keep him at 19.
1: Wow. Well, mate, as I get him into the mailbag, I'll uh, ask you. It seemed like you were the right person to ask while well, I had you here, and we've been talking a lot about that Ravens situation. So hopefully that'll help our mate Ferrari Chicken and whatever Endeavour Ferrari Chickens do with fantasy football.
0: I'm more than happy to answer any questions he's got. That, that's just my take. could be wrong, but I think Gus Edwards is in for a bumper year now.
1: Well, there you go. Well, that one come through the Twitter. So if you you want to send them through on the Twitter, we get your handle. Um, if you want to send them through the email, you can just throw your handle on there. We'll refer to you by your handle, but also through Facebook or Instagram. Hit the inboxes there if you've got questions, because um, you know we'll always answer them. Thanks for answering that one, Tay. I'm sure that really helped. No worries, mate. Any time. Um, I'm going to let you skid that on, my friend. Um, but thank you so much for spending the time. And we'll we, we've got to do some previews next week. Did you want to come through and have a little chat about the previews?
0: Always, mate. I know this will probably turn into about eight pods of how long we've actually yep. talked, but I think we we're all both very keen to, to get into what we've seen after draft day. And again, I just want to say thank you to the whole league. It was just phenomenal. I had yes, such mate. a fun day. I had a fun time leading into the draft. I knew it was going to be a great time just because of all the... The league is only as good as it's. One, it's commissioner and you. And two, oh, the, awesome. the involvement that everyone gives it. And I feel like every year it seems to be more and more involved. The fact that no one ever gives up their spot. I know we had Mark yeah. Carr, a Michael buddy, trying to try and get a spot in our league, but no one ever gives one up because they love it so much. So yeah. that proves how fun the league is, and this pod just makes it even that funner. So I can't wait for the year, mate. Bring it on.
1: Mate, in the meantime, look after yourself, and we'll, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good, mate. Peru Haru. Do you like someone that goes from topic to topic and tries to think of interesting things to say? Well, look no further than the Chaotic Neutral podcast, where I, your host, Have on solo episodes and collabs like with podcasters and have fun while I do it. I like to talk about things from cats to drinking two quarts of apple juice just because. And if you are interested in my podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at ko Neutral Pod and Instagram at Chaotic Neutral Pod. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information and stats. With your obnoxious commissioner,
0: Maddie C. (laughs)